Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Long Talk, your uh, in-depth, well not long, your chats with various administrators and players from around the New Zealand sporting world. And uh, we have another fantastic guest today. We have the CEO of Volleyball, um, Tony Marie Carney. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you very much. So, uh, and uh, as, you, as, as you said, we're going to call you TM from now on. Now we've done, got, got the full introduction out of the way. How... How did you get into volleyball? Sure. I mean, volleyball is one of those sports that I um, I really didn't engage a lot in as a young, young person. I did the school. Uh, I sort of had degrees of that as a, as a junior. And it probably wasn't until I actually left school and played it as a social sport of preference with, uh, you know, my, my friend group. And it was a really good sort of sport that you uh, went down, you played in the evening, you went to the pub afterwards, you chatted, you talked, and, and it was a really good social sport. So that's where I sort of first probably played it a little bit more. Um, and it wasn't until my kids played that I went, oh, well, this is a really good sport and, and spent way too much time on the sides of volleyball courts and, um, and saw what was going on. And so then that brought me on to the Volleyball New Zealand board and um, then into the position that I'm on, you know, in at the moment. So the, uh, yes, as Chief Executive, I don't know if I said at the beginning, uh, the big boss in, in charge of everything. Um, the I mean, volleyball, for me, from, from the UK, we, we, is a sport you don't see very much. But uh, in New Zealand, it's one that it's kind of, Basically, you go down the beach, you see people playing touch rugby, and you see people playing volleyball. It's um, it is part of the culture, and it's it's of uh, of New Zealand, isn't it? Part of the kind of what people just do as, as as a crowd by the beach and having a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, volleyball could easily be termed a sleeping giant. You know, the reality is that we actually are the um, you know one of the fastest growing sports in New Zealand, the fifth largest secondary school sport, in fact, and and that's mostly people playing indoor volleyball. So so it is actually huge, um, but like lots of indoor sports, you don't really see it, and because it is not right at the top of um, of New Zealand's favoured sports then um, obviously it doesn't get television coverage or, um, you know, much media coverage. But in fact, you know, 18,000 odd secondary school kids are playing it, um, you know, as their sport of choice. 
you're right. I mean, um, wherever you go, it's so easy just to set up a, a, either a net or a rope and get a ball. You can play with as many or as few people on either side. You can play in the grass in the park. You can play at the beach or you, or you can play indoors. So, I mean, that's the beauty of the sport. You can play at any place, any time. It's really easy to pick up. And, and obviously, as far as uh, different generations play, you can all play at the same time. It doesn't matter if you're 10 or you're 50. Uh, you know, you can still play together. And so, therefore, it's one of the few sports that you actually have where, you know, multi-generations can actually happily play and engage yeah, that's the. So, so, how much do you get involved with kind of the that sort of? Um, uh, I guess grass. Well, it's not. It's, it's, it's even below grassroots, isn't it? Sort of casual players, and you got grassroots, and you got high performance. How does your kind of time split, or, or focus split across those? Sure. I mean, essentially, we can only um, work with those that we can influence and engage with. So, essentially, if you play what we would term social sports, so. Um, ethnic uh, groups, church groups out on the beach, that's certainly nothing that we are able to influence. But what we would always do would be um, to encourage people to, to learn more, to upskill, to uh, learn how to coach, to referee and to contribute further to the game. So that, that group there we don't really influence. But certainly those who play in sort of social sport competitions through associations and clubs, we try to encourage the same things, you know, um, take up some coaching, refereeing, um, you know, help out the next generation, volunteer. And obviously then as you get more uh, formalised, so into playing for your school or playing for your association representative or New Zealand, obviously that's where we influence quite heavily. Yeah, and the... When you say clubs, do they, do you have clubs as sort of clubhouses and stuff, or is it or is it kind of virtual clubs that rent 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 halls? Quite often, is, is is more the kind of setup that you guys you guys kind of have. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the the virtual club. So um, you know they they will meet together. They'll use a school hall or a school gym or um, a local community centre. They'll train, they'll play, they'll do their thing. They may go off and socialise afterwards. But, yeah, um, basically our the sport is run centrally in, um, you know, locations where a whole lot of teams will come together and then play their event and then go back. So there is no bricks and mortar associated with their club, you know. Yeah, absolutely. The, and I've seen um, netball kind of have... Uh, around places like Stonefields and stuff in Auckland, you've got the sort of netball centres. Do you have similar kind of um, sort of volleyball centres of to, for hosting sort of uh, multi-team or multi-game tournaments at the same time or, or on a regular basis? So we share with all the other codes that are desperate for indoor space. So, you know, we're just one of those groups, those sports that line up behind everyone else and, and big borrow, um, you know, facilities. So the reality is that, um, I mean, because, as I said, volleyball is, is a big sport. When we run our New Zealand secondary schools, uh, we have 28 courts going at the same time. And, you know, in fact, at the moment, there's just one our facility in Palmerston North that can do that. So the reality is, when we run large competitions, there there are very few places that we can, um, you know, actually run our events. So um, the majority of the large venues are about twelve courts. So um, you know, but they are you know are spaced throughout New Zealand in different locations, and, and lots of even large cities don't even have that many courts. So again, we just need to try and find venues that we can get as many teams as possible uh, together playing. The reality is that the great thing about our sport is being able to have everyone together 
you know, under the same roof. It's a wonderful atmosphere. So we do try and find those spaces, but there aren't that many. And, you know, when councils are looking at buildings, um, some uh, gymnasium space, and we say, look, we'd like, you know, 30 courts, or they just laugh at us. So, uh, you know, the reality is they, they're really excited that they're building six courts. And it's like six courts are just nothing as far as the numbers that want to play volleyball. So there we go. So, folks, if there's a private investor who'd like to, build, to buy sort of six or seven warehouses across the country and convert them into volleyball courts, um, I'm sure there'd be a, a lot of appetite uh, to, for, for their use. Um, are you so being an indoor sport? Does that make you a mean you're kind of the the, the you're a, a a winter sport or a summer sport from or, or an all year round sport for that matter? Uh, good question. So we we actually are an all year round sport. So the reality is that. Our um, senior secondary schools play term one. Our club and rep play through our winter, so term two and three. And then our juniors, um, school juniors, play term four. So that basically runs right across the year. And then, of course, we have beach volleyball as a separate sort of standalone discipline within our sport. And uh, it probably runs from sort of October to February, March. So that clearly does run through summer. Mm. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult juggle to make sure that we can allow people to play both disciplines, especially, uh, I think, the senior secondary school students who are very competitive in indoor in Term 1, but they just sort of finish off their, their beach season as well through that period. So that means that um, having a look at your, your 2020 events, unfortunately, you're, you've, you've had to postpone uh, at least three of them um, so far uh, with the, you know, and I'm NZSSVC, so that's, that's the secondary schools mm. one. Um, the Aotearoa uh, Invitational, which sounds like probably the big, is, is, that, is that your big big event, of the big sort of professional event of the year? Or big international, international? yes. Yes. Um, and then the Provincial Volleyball Championships as well have also unfortunately had to um, get get postponed. So the, the this, this, this lockdown is having a, a, a big impact on you, um, not just from, uh, from a kind of tournament point of view and... I get income point of view? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, there's no sport going on. So, um, you know, the reality is that we, um, you know, sport was basically postponed, cancelled uh, two weeks out before our major event, New Zealand Secondary Schools. Uh, we have 166 teams, you know, over 2,000 people. So it's a huge event and something that, you know, the people look forward to. Uh, and, and it is only postponed and we are definitely trying to reschedule. That is the beauty Um you know, as the indoor sport, we can uh, postpone and, and reschedule. So we're just working about, um, with that at the moment. Obviously, the S13s in particular are absolutely keen as mustard to, to try and get us to, to offer it again. And, you know, I think something that we've learned from this lockdown is, um, you know, I mean, sport is not just sport. It's not just physical exercise. You know, the mental wealth, uh, well-being and health of our young people it's all, um, you know, working together with the, the friends that they have and the, the things that they do and the, the people they mix with and, and the experiences that they have, you know. And so essentially, I mean, that is part of the, the volleyball, New Zealand Secondary School's volleyball event. It's it's an event. It's an entertainment. It's an opportunity. It's a, it's a gathering of young people. So um, although the volleyball is important. The, the whole support mechanism and system for our young people is really important there as well. So, you know, we, we'd like to think that we can run it so that we can give these year-13s the opportunity to go out, um, you know, on a high um, with a blast. Um, 
but you know through the vehicle and mechanism of sport but a whole lot of really good things you know going down as well so um yeah that's and obviously then ricocheting onto that are all the other events that uh, have been you know um, probably more cancelled uh, and, and that's the reality I think for sport isn't it I mean you know you can't social distance um, playing sport two metres apart uh, you can try and work things out and, and we'll certainly be trying to do that because uh, everyone's saying they do want to get out and about and participate and engage and, and that's what we'll be trying to do for them as well. Cool uh, and I guess part of it is also I've been talking with rugby clubs and rugby from uh, uh, CEOs and they've been saying that they're having to juggle uh, usage of uh, grounds with sort of cricket and other pieces if, if they have to overlap into the summer. I guess you're going to have uh, some similar kind of issues with around people with, I guess, badminton, um, perhaps in uh, basketball or netball. Uh, you're going to have to, are you working with those other organisations as well around use of facilities? So for us, I mean, I guess the one good thing is we, we did um, virtually finish our secondary school season. So from that point of view, um, we're not trying to find additional space um, for these athletes. Our, um, our New Zealand secondary schools is sort of, it can be a standalone event. I mean, we've, we've got all our seedings. It's just the finale that we're missing. So from that point of view... We're not, um, you know, absolute competing against other sports. However, we do run, as I said, uh, a winter sport component, so our club volleyball, and so there are a whole lot of people that will be wanting to play that. Uh, we already, I guess, compete with, you know, basketball and badminton for that indoor space as well. I think it'll be when we, yeah, when we stretch winter and summer sports with um, sports wanting to go, I, you know, I didn't get my two terms, so I'm going to push that out in the summer sports and go, you know, I mean, as, as a summer sport as well with our juniors, you know, we only have six weeks. So if we have um, some sports pushing into that six-week period, which is term four, then, um, you know, clearly uh, there are sports at a disadvantage. So, uh, yeah, we're all just going to have to play nicely in the sandpit and try and work this one out. That sounds like an interview I need to get with uh, Sports New Zealand to see how they're going to arbitrage between between, between you all. Um the, uh, the, I mean, sticking with the indoor thing before we head off to the to start talking about, about the beach volleyball side of things, but the Olympics also is, is your big, uh, your, your big event every four years. Um, is I mean, is that something that um, that your athletes all uh, sort of put a four year cycle around it, a bit like sort of rowing, where you can see it's it's, it's very much focused on that one event, or is or do, do the World Championships and other events have kind of a similar kind of standing within volleyball? Mm, sure. Um, unfortunately for New Zealand, uh, we are pretty low in the uh, sort of picking order of um, of international nations. You know, volleyball is truly an international sport with, you know, obviously, you know, sort of South America, North America, Europe, Asia being incredibly strong at volleyball. So, um, you know, our indoor is nowhere near um, as strong as, as the rest of the world or many countries in the rest of the world. So, uh, our focus tends to be the Asian champs, um, you know, getting some some good uh, seedings in there rather than than internationally for for indoor. And and the reality is, you know, you need to have ten, twelve incredible athletes uh, to to do well in indoor, whereas you only need two in beach volleyball. So New Zealand's you know far suited to that than than indoor. So. You know, we work hard. We have a lot of um, athletes, uh, top athletes that go um, on college scholarships to the uh, state. So, you know, we have some wonderful athletes, but, you know, we're at, we never have 
12 amazing athletes all at the same time, which is, you know, probably the biggest issue there. And that's, uh, I guess, yeah, it's a big difference between the indoor and the, out, and, and the, and the beach volleyball. Is it in, indoor, it's uh, six aside, isn't it? But you but you can substitute players in, and that's why hence you mm-hmm. need the, the, the bigger squad. Whereas you say beach volleyball is just uh, just two people in a team. Um, the So the beach volleyball season, uh, you say, it, obviously it's over the summer. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get about sort of finding beach space or, or, or when, when, when you try and do the... Do you host many tournaments here where you need to put stands on beaches and things like that? So, I mean, we have just finished uh, probably three weeks before lockdown was the Continental Cup. So that was the uh, the Olympic qualifier for Oceania, which I'm pleased to say New Zealand uh, took first place, beat Australia, which is fantastic, in the men's. And yes, exactly, <laughs> and, and second in the women's. I mean, you know, the, the men, um, they are the best in Asia. They they had just come back from winning the Asian champs and, and the very best team in Asia qualifies for the Olympics. So that's how close we are for qualifying the Olympics, which is phenomenal when you go back to what I said about how strong the world is, and you can have two um, teams per nations as well, so, you know, that makes it even more difficult to qualify, so um, yeah, so the Continental Cup had the Oceania nations, so so which includes Australia and New Zealand, Vanuatu are very strong in the women, so um, they nearly qualified for the previous Olympics, so we did lose to them, but we still have another chance, um, obviously, next year now, to um, to actually qualify so there are still uh positions for each uh confederation to to um qualify so we go through asia and play the very best in asia to get you know through there so um we also run a new zealand beach tour so that starts in in november and uh you know this year we went to uh, mount monganui gisborne nelson um, Ruakaka so you know fantastic beaches in New Zealand um, that we go to and then we have our top athletes uh, that compete uh, every couple of weeks these events are held and we get our national tour champions so so that is our pinnacle New Zealand event and then sitting under that we have our domestic beach tour our younger athletes and our more social athletes you know get to play and when you talk about beach space, it, it is difficult. Uh, more and more people want to use the beach and you need to negotiate with, you know, a range of different sports, uh, negotiate with councils. You've got people that want beaches to be kept free of, of any infrastructure. And then you've got others that go, great, it's entertainment that uh, attracts people to the beach and, and to our region. So, you know, we have to deal with all of those components but certainly the New Zealand Beach Tour finals that we ran at Mount Maunganui you know we had a grandstand we had a DJ we had commentators we had music and uh, you know it it looked like uh, you know a a wonderful international event and you know um, when it comes to Olympics and Kong Games the the beach volleyball is one of the you know um, earliest to sell out and the most popular so the reality is there's a great popularity for the sport and um in New Zealand we just need to keep growing that you know we're we're babies I guess um you know in the international scene and we just need to keep um yeah yeah, growing the the event and um you know more people coming along and supporting it so when you talk about having that uh the 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 the, the facilities do you have any permanent beach courts or is it all temp or do you have to are they they all temporary courts that have to go so um 
obviously uh, Volleyball New Zealand South doesn't own any um, courts, but we yep. do have, so for example, North Harbour, um, they use an old bowling club from Maringi Bay Bowling Club, and that sits perfectly for, for six courts. And, uh, you know, it's well supported by council. And we've got a number of other associations around New Zealand. Ideally, um, bowling clubs are the ones that we're looking at just because they're a perfect size and obviously uh, small numbers bowling. And uh, the councils are looking to, you know, reutilise those. So uh, Southland, uh, Hawke's Bay are all looking at uh, utilising those facilities. So that that's ideal, um, you know, for volleyball to be able to use that. And then you can have locally run competitions. From Volleyball New Zealand's perspective, we like to get but, on. Sorry, to the sorry, just to, just to so hang on. So you, you, you're taking an old a, 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 an area basically that's inland, filling it with sand, and having that as a kind of a, as, as, as a court. Then is that is that how it kind of works? That's exactly okay. what it looks like. Yep. So basically, you know, if you drive down Maringi Bay um, and stop, you'll just see. Uh, a fence round and then you'll look and you'll see all these courts and you'll see all the sand and you know when the event's pumping you'll see couches and music and and you'll go gee i've been transformed you know into uh yeah some some sunny beach i mean you know uh, for example the u.s uh very popular beach volleyball but clearly you know there are a whole lot of places that, that have no beaches so they call it sand volleyball and those sand centers and, and sand clubs and they do exactly that, you know, just transfer a whole lot of sand in there. And, you know, who would know it, um, but nowhere near, you know, a beach, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry, yeah, no, the, sorry you, you were going about the, the so, but you, you like to host your actual, uh, the, the, the top level events actually on a real beach. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, for several reasons. Number one, because of through traffic, like that's huge. You know, people are more likely to be at the beach rather than down a suburban street. Um, and there's no doubt that when uh, athletes come, despite the fact that there are wonderful, uh, you know, landlocked, sand-based um, centres, there's nothing like the beach and the surf. And, and certainly when we ran our Continental Cup, you know, those uh, photos and um, video footage of Mount Monganui went around the world and people went, wow, this is one of the most beautiful spots we've been. So, you know, you, you're just not going to get that in a former bowling club. Um, that's just the reality. <laughs> But you are going to get a little clubhouse where you can have uh, a beer afterwards. You, you are absolutely right. And that is definitely a, a viable income stream for associations. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so, the, so what we need to now do is to, uh, is to, is to talk to um, Mount Monganui uh, uh, Council and say, hey, you need to set up a permanent um, court that people can play on. Um, the... No comment from me, but that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, and so as you said that the so the men have have qualified for for the Olympics. Um, the and again for, for beach volleyball, a bit like volleyball, is 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 the Olympics the absolute pinnacle, or is or are there other kind of world tours or world championships that are that, that's considered the sort of the, the pinnacle for or the, the top of the sport for for volleyball for beach volleyball? Sure. Okay, so I must hold you. They haven't qualified for the Olympics yet. Oh, sorry. Believe me. It's, uh, they've still got stepping stones. So they, they won Oceania and now they go and play uh, the best in Asia. And if they win that, then they definitely um, make it. However, they right. beat the best in Asia already. So, so that's great. And again, the women, the women play the second place teams. And then if they win that, then they play the first place teams. A, a big, long, you know, convoluted way, but eventually you'll get there. Um, so we also have a world tour uh, in volleyball and, and it's, um, it's, very popular 
when you win, you financially do well. So that is something that's ongoing, you know, and it's annual, and that's what our top athletes. So uh, probably two men's, two to three women. Oh, sorry, two to three men's teams, um, two women's teams. They're on the uh, the world tour, or they try to participate in some of the world tour events. Again, you know, they're they're in Europe. They're they're far away. Some of them, so they're incredibly costly. But if our athletes want to get better then certainly, you know, the world tour is, is what they need to um, participate in. So, you know, huge events, um, but incredibly costly and difficult to access from the bottom of the world. Right, so that's maybe in sort of Rio, the States, and Europe is, is kind of where that's... You, you, don't have a, you, know, you don't have a world tour event here in, uh, in New Zealand? Uh, no, not in New Zealand, but we did have one on the Cook Islands that our men's team won um earlier um in the year so i mean that's wonderful that's the first world tour event that we've ever won now when you have world tour events you have um you know uh one two three star events so this was a one star event uh so it was the the i guess the most unfinancial non-financial for you (laughs) you know entry level of Entry level, of yeah, yeah, the lowest winnings. Uh, but we did win that, and so so that was wonderful. So um, you know, but generally it is it is very difficult. Uh, there are certainly a number in in Asia, and in fact, you know, China um, holds a lot. So when China was impacted at the peak of the beach volleyball season, then that uh, made it really difficult for people to to find events to go to. And even if the Olympics had been on, it would have been difficult for. Um, teams down the bottom of the world to actually um, manage to have played in enough events because China actually hosted so many and they were all called off so but no so there are plenty in in um, you know in Asia as well um, there's one event in Australia so it's it's not too bad but certainly the number far higher at the, the you know northern hemisphere cool so the uh, so it sounds like you say having just won the the, 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 the first event it's it, it, uh, it's something that's growing it's not just the indoor volleyball that's growing fast, but also the, the the beach volleyball is growing both in quality and in numbers. Yes, well, well we have our New Zealand secondary school champs uh, in February and uh, we had 221 teams play at that. So if you can imagine, uh, you know, Mount Monganui Beach, just as far as you can see, you know, north and south covered in volleyball courts and that's wonderful. So there, there are definitely growing numbers of young people that see it as either a summer alternative to, you know, their sport or um, an off-season or fitness or a fun thing. And, you know, um, beach volleyball is incredibly, it has a wonderful social vibe to it as well. So, you know, marquee set up, music going, um, you know, just sort of, well, who, who can not want to be sort of in the sun, um, sunscreen and hats and music and cool people and, and all of that. And, and that's the vibe that, beach volleyball offers to you know to the community so it's it's extremely popular as well but but people probably go i don't have a beach i can't play so it's just uh, understanding in fact that it's uh it can be set up in lots of different environments yeah and that's uh, the from the outside anyway the culture between indoor volleyball which is which i guess is uh, looks like a serious um, a bit like gymnastics, serious Olympic sport kind of thing, and then you have the the, the, the beach volleyball, which culturally looks as close as kind of like to surfing and to um, much more sort of baggy shirts and, uh, and a, a much cooler vibe. How do the two um, sort of mix culturally? I mean, do they is 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 there is there any friction or is there, 
or, or, or do a lot of, or is there a lot of crossover? Well, I think there are, there's a lot of crossover. I mean, I think if you go to our New Zealand secondary schools uh, tournament and we've got 2,000 young people, uh, it's probably very similar. There's lots of music and lots of, you know, people, cool people and that sort of thing. Uh, definitely at, at the top end, I think, of any sport, then then it's quite different and, you know, um, it's probably a little bit more, um, you know, keenly demanding of of. Uh, pressure and time and, and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, there are definitely coaches that, uh, you know, I'm a beach coach or I'm an indoor coach and, and that's one of our jobs is to go, no, no, you're volleyball players, you know. And the reality is that the skills uh, support each other and we want our athletes to be able to play both of the disciplines, you know, as equally as well. And at some stage, as they uh, leave school, then, then they may have to choose, you know, which one they would like to focus on. But until then, we really want to see them playing both uh so you know you're right though you know there is certainly a slightly different vibe with you know the beach and, and that cool hip-hop sort of um you know component of it uh but the reality is i think they they mix and merge really really well and especially for young people then you know they're equally uh fun and cool and and you know places to be really the um and i think a lot of us sort of uh, the older generation here, we can see my, my grey beard. The is is kind of beach volleyball. We first learned about it watching Top Gun, um, and, uh, and 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 things like that. So, I guess trying. To, I mean, one of the things I talked when I was talking with um, Surfing New Zealand was that they said, yeah, when you get a good movie out that's got a bit of surfing in, you, you get a you get a nice little lift. Um, what so I think maybe, maybe that's what you need to try and do is get yourself back into. Uh, I, I've not seen the latest Top Gun, but I'm guessing that that also had a bit of volleyball in. Did you see a bit of a lift a lift from that, or or or, or not? Or, or not really? Well, funnily enough, I think there was a recent um, Facebook post about, um, you know, about Top Gun and, uh, you know, and volleyball and I think it might have been birthday wishes or something like that. So, you know, I think all of those things um, bringing your sport to the fore and letting people know it's there or reminding them and, and then, you know, seeing the Com Games and the Olympics and how cool that is and how much fun that is, um, you know, I think they are all opportunities for sports. Um, but the reality is sport is, is bigger than, you know, some mass media, you know, promotion. And um, really it's just uh, pulling at the core of, of people and going, what do you want to do? And so, therefore, if you want to play, you know, be it social or competitive, you want to play in the beach or indoors or grass, you know, here is an opportunity and you want to bring your mates or you want to bring your auntie and uncle or your kids you can do that as well. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, starting people in sport but keeping them in sport is uh, is definitely a little bit broader than, yeah, the, the, that promotion of it. But uh, anything, you know, for volleyball, someone that, you know, when we don't get anything on TV, then definitely uh, because can't be choosers and uh, we take every opportunity to, you know, to promote and, and see the sport. Yeah. Now, looking at... Uh Say, say about getting those people engaged and how about it's about grabbing people in. Uh, looking at your your CV or at least what it says on LinkedIn, the um, you're a uh, you're, you're a career sports administrator kind of person. Started off with um, netball as a netball development officer in uh, so so going around and getting kids involved with or, or or people involved with that, and that's that's how you could have come into this this kind of role. Yes, 
I um, I sort of feel that each of the jobs I've done before um, have, you know, led me on to, to what I then did. So, uh, you know, first of all, I was a teacher, a history, geography, outdoor education teacher. And um, then I went, let me out. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly then worked for Netball New Zealand as a development officer. And it was um, it was mostly a, a coaching role. And, uh, you know, to have people thank you sincerely for, for doing coach development and, and wanting to learn and, and being enthusiastic was just amazing. It's like, wow, this is great. Um, you know, and then I went on to running an outdoor education centre, uh, worked in a, a community organisation for, for young people at risk of serious offending, um, then on to Harbour Sport where I spent quite a bit of time and again, you know, community development and uh, looking at encouraging people into all sorts of sports but just being active, um, you know, was awesome. But um, to, to take all of those skills that I've had in the previous um, roles and then to put them into volleyball and to actually go, you know, we can actually see what we do, we can look at the numbers, we can see how people are engaging, staying in our sport, we can see the programs that we offer and those that, you know, are participating. So and and as I said, knowing that it's the sleeping giant, knowing that um when so many sports are falling away and, and numbers are dropping, you know, volleyball continues to grow and yet we're not even really doing much because we're just a really skinny, small organisation. But imagine what we can do, um, you know, having high numbers of Māori Pacifica and females uh, playing volleyball and going, you know, that's the target audience. That They are the groups of people that we want to engage more in sports. So how can we do that? How can we sort of help turn this nation around mentally, physically, health-wise, um, and what can volleyball do and how can we be a vehicle for that? So... You know, what, what wonderful opportunities I saw to be able to put all of those things, you know, in, into the sport. So the so waking this 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 giant, what's what what is your what's what's your what's your five year goal if you, in, in five years time if you say, right, I'll know I've been successful in waking this giant. What's what have you got a uh, what what was as, as the chairman or whatever giving you a or the board giving you a kind of a, a target for five years time? Or however many? Yes. We right. We we don't so much as have um, numerical um, targets, but certainly you know being a leading participation sport in New Zealand, uh, certainly increasing the numbers of young people, especially Maori Pacifica, um, female engaging the sport, staying in the sport. Um, for our stakeholders and community to go, you know, we see value in your organisation. I think, you know, they are some of the components that we look at. I mean, there's nothing worse than people going, um, you know, I don't want to pay my affiliation fee because I don't see any value from you. And I think, you know, I can say, oh, fair enough. Um, but I'm hoping that in two or three years' time, you go, actually, you know, I'm willing to give you my 20 bucks because you have provided you know, this program, this support, uh, you know, open that pathway, we've been able to engage here. So it's adding value to the people that participate in our sport, uh, adding value to, you know, the associations um, that we connect with closely and going, yes, um, we actually need you and we value the work that you're doing. So, you know, that that's um, sort of key to us to actually making a difference. But there's no doubt that at the, you know, um, people level, we want more people participating in the game. We want people to turn to volleyball as their sport of choice and go, this is fantastic. This is great. This is so much fun. You know, we know that young people want to participate in sport. That's fun. So um, 
for us it's making sure that we then share as much of our knowledge and information with the associations and clubs and schools to make sure that volleyball is fun you know we, we don't want the kids to be turned off but we don't want them to go that was so boring uh, we spend a lot of our time you know when we look at our events and competitions going what do the kids want you know what's cool and like I said to you you know it's not just the sport that's important it's all the other things what are the activities that we offer at an event and a competition and um, what are the cool things they get to do with other kids they only see you know twice or three times a year from another school but they see they've seen them for the last five years you know at this event sort of thing so you know that that's really important for us is just to ask the people that play the game what do they want and what will keep them in the game so I think uh, you know for a sport to be successful they've just got to keep uh, communicating with particularly the young people to see what they want and actually adapting and changing so it suits them Uh, you know even this morning we were talking about a skills program and it's like well hang on why have we got a heavy skills program when we know kids just want to play you know if you've ever been coaching it's like when do we play when do we play oh no i'm trying to teach you this well frankly they want to play you're going to have to work out teaching them skills within their play you know so it's just adapting and listening and learning and i think that will bring you know volleyball through um the other end as a successful sport so talking about it being more than just sport and being around it what are you how are you communicating with your uh, with, with the players, with, with the athletes now, or with the clubs uh, during this lockdown? Are, are you running uh, various social media kind of uh, uh, competitions or, or, or um, what's I'm looking for, uh, uh, challenges to, to keep everyone engaged during this time? Absolutely. So, um, you know, first five days sort of panic of what should we do, what should we do? So, um, you know, and as I've talked about sort of the, the health and well-being of our young people, that was critical for us. So we've set up virtual VNZ, uh, Mental Skills Monday, Technique Tuesday, Wellbeing Wednesday. Um, you know, and so that was what was really important as well as the, um, the well-being of our young people and, and their mental health and, and skills just to be able to, to cope. Um, and, and obviously, you know, first two weeks is a novelty and it's fun. Uh, six weeks, maybe not quite so. So just being able to, you know, get them and just short and sharp, but giving them support and, and, you know, having them understand there are other people doing the same thing. But um, also then, you know, with fitness and technique and, um, you know, those components to to help them, you know, they can go out and actually do some volleyball by themselves, um, you know, around their house or whatever. Uh, we, we also picked up several challenges. So, uh, you know, toilet paper, obviously, that, that rare expensive commodity that we have. So we had some wonderful uh, sort of, you know, volleyball challenges with using um, using the toilet toilet roll and um, also some team challenges. Seen as, uh, you know, we were in lockdown when New Zealand Secondary Schools was on. So we got um, some of the teams to, uh, to use the uh, toilet roll and to, uh, you know, uh, serve it or, or pass it or hit it to their other players, you know, lockdown as well. So that was great. And, and now the things I think that everyone goes, okay, it's not too bad. Um, you know, we can sort of work with each other. We can talk. We can have fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, social media, huge presence, a uh, huge role to play just to communicate and update both uh, cajoling people and supporting them as well as, uh, you know, giving information. I mean, the alert levels will become really important as to when we can go back to volleyball and we will use 
social media where we use you know every mechanism possible to update people on on what they can do what they really shouldn't do what's advisable because you know clearly we want to be a leader in making sure that we're doing the right things that we don't go too soon um but at the same time you know when we are able to play let's get out there and play cool uh, and so where can people find all these uh the um uh, well-being wednesdays and uh, uh Tips Tuesdays, was it, or Technique Tuesday, sorry. Technique um, Tuesday, yeah. Career Thursday, Fitness Friday. <laughs> so where, 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 can the, where can you find all those? Sure. So on our website, um, Volleyball New Zealand website, on our Instagram, obviously for people way younger than me that use that, um, and then on our website as well, um, Volleyball New Zealand. So you yeah, certainly um, search all of those places and uh, you'll find lots of information, lots of fun games and activities and I think, uh, you know, if, if you're a parent, then there's great activities for you to, to help your kids with. And if you're a kid, then you can definitely, um, you know, engage yourself and, uh, you know, use that information to, for your own either improvement or just to, to start the game and have a go. So if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the podcast notes. There's all those links. If you're watching on uh, Facebook or YouTube, the links are down below in the comments so you can get to all of that information. Um Thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute uh, pleasure learning about the world of, of volleyball. Um, any final things I haven't touched on that uh, that we should um, let let the folks know about? Well, I think, I mean, the only thing is, you know, we, we were um, Commonwealth Games bronze medalists at, at the last, you know, Com Games, um, which was the first time that beach volleyball had been brought into the Com Games for, for some time. So, uh you know, there's definitely a, a future either as a social player or as an international competitive player. You know, that's the beauty of the game. And as I say, you know, indoor and beach. So, uh, yeah, certainly come along, have a go. Uh, yeah, you know, take it up. It's it's a great sport, summer and winter. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's good. Thank you. Thank you. And for everyone who's watching, thank you very much. Don't forget to like the page or uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, in this series, I've also talked to Surfing New Zealand, Bowls New Zealand, uh, Waka Armour as well. So I'm getting through as many of the different sports as, as, uh, as I can. Uh, try and um, go back and have a listen to those if those would interest you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.